What's up, creeps? Welcome to a brand new episode. You know what you're listening to. You're tuning in. But if it's your first time, Jeremy, my boy, tell them what they're hearing. You are here on the spaceship. Brain Stew! Brain Stew! Yeah, that's right. And we're so happy. We are so thrilled. We're so happy. We're excited because our boy... Be ready is back. It feels mm. so good to be back. Mm. Does me, it really? Let me hit that one more time. Mm. <laughs> mm. Feels good to be back. I, I, it kind of looks like you're, you're you're holding in your hand. What are you what are you feeling there? Are you that excited? I'm uh I'm feeling my little Brady. You know the Brady bunch. <laughs> little Brady. <laughs> Brady bunch. Look Brady at you. Brady bunch. Nah, it's good to be back, man. I uh you know almost died. That was cool. But uh, you yeah. look good though. You, guys you look good on without me. You don't look like you almost died to me. No, I, I mean, it's been a week now, so I feel a lot better. Um, really, really bummed I missed the Stranger Things episode, but hey, you guys killed it. Um, thanks. I don't know what else to say about that. You're, I mean, no, yeah, no, thanks, Brady. A, a huge shout out to our buddy Derek from the Leftover Pizza Podcast, and it's Dem Boys for joining us. It was super last minute, but it was a blast, man. That dude is He's so fantastic fun, man. on the mic and yeah. super fun and all about the shit that we love in terms of nostalgia and retro shit and fucking all that stuff. So he fit right into this show perfectly. Um, so thanks again, Derek, for joining us and yeah. all of his fans. Hopefully you're listening now too. And uh, ours are going to be listening to his, but yeah, uh, good stuff. yeah, we missed you, man. So, you, so for our listeners that are unaware, what the fuck happened to you? Like, yeah. What was so, your, you know, I did went, you have like a week, week hangover or something from yeah, getting yeah, too yeah. smashed? Yeah. I had a uh, one vodka soda and it was, I was done. For um, <laughs> But I no, I, uh, say, but. it was weird. Like, so ever since we moved here to Massachusetts, my allergies have been like all fucked up and everybody's like, oh yeah, it's just cause like you're in a new area. You lived in Virginia your whole life. You're getting used to the, the new pollen. I said, all right, cool. So it's been like off and on. Like I'll go through like a couple weeks being fine. And then like a week I'll just get like fucked. So my wife and I, we were going to Portland, Maine because we had never been and we were like, yeah, it's like an hour and a half away. We'll just go for a day trip. There's a bunch of like lighthouses and water and I love that shit. So we went and I woke up that morning and I was like, I'm not feeling great, but I think it's just allergies. Like I took a COVID test at home. It wasn't COVID and we went and as the day kept going, I just kept feeling worse and worse, but not like in a flu way. Like my chest kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter. Like my throat was closing up and I had this weird pain in my armpit that was like a lump. So we went home and went to bed. And I woke up at like three in the morning and had a fever, couldn't breathe, bad chest pain, went to the hospital and they hooked me up to like an EKG machine. They did a COVID test. They did a CT scan. Yeah, wait, wait till you get the fucking bill for that too, by the way. Yeah, I know. Well, like, luckily, dude, look, I, I went, I went to the hospital like two months ago and they, they ran all those fucking tests on me. I and know. Like, after insurance, I know. I got a fucking $1,500 bill. I know. I'm, I'm not looking forward to that, but I didn't have any flu symptoms, so they were like, it's your chest, you can't breathe, you're having arm pain, like, that's something with your heart. So while we're waiting for the results, I can still barely breathe. The doctor comes in and leads with, well, it could be a blood clot in your lung. And I said, oh. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a hypochondriac, so anytime that somebody gets a sniffle, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing near me? So the minute that she said it could be a blood clot in your lung, I like started freaking out. I was like, well, I think I can make a will real quick and like pages here like <laughs> as my witness. Uh, and then they came back like a couple hours later and they said, all right, cool. You don't have COVID. 
So uh, you just have the flu. You can go home. And I was like, yeah, I still can't breathe. And they were like, yeah, just rest. Drink some Gatorade. They didn't give you an inhaler or a nebulizer? No, they gave me um, morphine while I was there. And then they... That's um, weird, man. If you couldn't breathe. I mean, I've been... I had asthma growing up and even into my 20s. And they would always like give me a nebulizer if I couldn't breathe or something. No, I mean, I told them too. I was like, I had childhood asthma really bad. They got re-diagnosed as like a vocal cord dysfunction that like made your throat feel like it was closing up. And they didn't do anything. So they gave me like ibuprofen 800 and the morphine while I was there. Here's the other thing. I don't know if you guys have had a CT scan recently. Yep. Or ever. Yep. But, Not in the past couple of years. Uh, so I'm going in to get the CT scan and they're like, all right, so we have to inject you with this dye so it shows up. You know, sometimes people die from that shit, right? Yeah. So I said, oh, okay. You guys just gave me morphine. Like, is that going to interact at all? Because like I said, hypochondriac. And they said, no. So they wheeled me into the CT scan room. And then they look at where the IV in my arm is. And she goes, oh, that's not good. And I said, what's not good? What's going on? And she was like, well, usually it's not supposed to be in a vein that high up. She was like, when they put the morphine in, did you feel it go into your armpit? And I said, yeah. She was like, okay, I'll be right back. So she runs out of the room and gets another technician to come in. And they're like, no, that should be fine. And then they looked at me and they said, all right, look, when we inject this dye, if you feel any burning, I want you to scream and we'll stop right away. And I was like, you got to be fucking uh-huh. shitting me, dude. And I was like, I can't really even breathe. Like, I don't know how I'm going to scream. Like, I'm just going to fucking die in this thing. So then they said, <laughs> you will feel a warm sensation like you have in to your pee. penis. Yes. They said, oh, yeah, there it is. OK. They said, you feel it. like you have to pee, but you're not going to pee. I promise you. And I was like, I have to pee right now. Should I go to the bathroom? And she said, no, I promise you, you won't pee. So they put me in. Please tell me you pissed your pants. No. They said, God damn it. They said, (laughs) don't don't forget, start yelling if it burns at all, because it's going to take us a while to shut it off. And I was like, all right. So get in there. And the warmth, they said, all right, the dye's going to come on. It like started in my head. And I said, oh, that feels kind of funny. And then it was like in my stomach. And I said, that feels pretty warm. Dude, it got to my balls, and I felt like I was a lobster being dipped into warm butter. That's what it felt like. And I literally for a minute thought that I was going to pee. I didn't, but I was like, it's just going to happen. That's like, it is what it is. At but that point, why would you even care about that, right? It would have been the best pee I've ever had in my life. Like, that warmth was euphoric. Well, at least you got some kind of pleasure out of this whole thing of being sick, right? Yeah, so then the next it's day... It's almost like a, a, a new kind of, a, a new form of orgasm, if you will. A new level, if you will. Uh, a new level! <laughs> I got home and took a nap and then woke up and just, that's when the flu symptoms hit really hard. And then I was out of commission for a while. I didn't really have a voice. I, I could barely walk without being out of breath. And even now, it's still like, I'm low energy, but I'm there. I can breathe, so... I watched a bunch of Kurt Russell movies. Watched Bone Tomahawk. If you guys Fuck haven't seen yeah. that, I just watched Check that last that week. Of course, dude. Like, of course, dude. I texted Jeremy afterwards, and I was like, I forgot that there's one of the most brutal kills ever in this movie, like, ever in, in any movie that I've ever seen. Masterpiece. Balls. Oh yeah, he dude, was that, some warmth in his that balls. fucking cast. And like, why aren't people talking about? Matthew Fox and how good Matthew Fox is like oh he was great in that dude he was fucking fantastic like why is that guy not in like every movie he's 
incredible. Bone Tomahawk showed that he's an incredible actor. 100%. I mean, the, the movie itself is definitely gained a very strong cult following. I think it's much like Jeremy's... We don't even need to mention the name of the movie because our listeners already know what the fuck the movie is. Mm-hmm. Another movie <laughs> starring Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. But just like that movie, took Back a long draft. time to gain traction. Uh. But, you know, like it'll be like that. And I think eventually it'll have this resurgence where it'll... I mean, I remember trying to find theater listings for it, and no one was showing it. Yeah, not even I mean, Alamo. So it's the best but, of both worlds, man. It's horror and a great western too. So anybody who likes Yellowstone or Outer Range, whatever western you're watching now, and then want some horror in it, like this is a great fucking movie, dude. Yeah. So those, those so cannibal be, Indians oh. ter- with the fucking like bone things in their throat, they were like, <laughs> like, yeah, dude. and that's how they communicated. Jesus Christ, they're terrifying, dude. Absolutely yeah. terrifying. Yeah, dude. So you, so you made it through with Kurt Russell. I mean, like... Yeah, I watched a bunch of his stuff. I watched um, Dark Blue, which Jeremy had I, I was about to, to say, dude, you gotta watch that. Dude, that's so good. It is. Um, I had seen Backdraft before, so I watched that. Uh, I couldn't find Captain Ron anywhere, so I didn't get a chance to watch dude, that. He he literally plays, like, a mix between, like... Actually, no, he, he just pretty much plays like a pirate version of Beetlejuice in that movie. Like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. boss! Like, I just, I love I love his voice in that fucking movie. He's so funny. What I love about uh, Dark Blue is, like, it's such a serious film because it's about, like, right after the, the Rodney King riots and, or right during that, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, in L.A., and he's a crooked cop, a racist cop, but, like, he still has that, like, Iconic. He's playing Mark Furman, basically. He's play, but he's like, he's Kurt Russell, man. So he's got like that boisterous laugh and the mannerisms where he's just like dicking around with everyone. Like every time he's on screen, you're like, I really should hate your character, but I love you because you're Kurt Russell. Dude, he, he, he's got such a great laugh. And like the best part is that's like how he laughs in real life. I'm sorry. We're just like over here like fangirling about Kurt Russell. He's got a great laugh. He's got a great laugh. I love his hair. He's like, <laughs> Like, yeah, dude, exactly. the, the the way he laughs fucking makes me laugh. I'm like, oh. The way he laughs sounds like it's always going to end with him slapping you on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just included with the laugh. Like, you have to brace yourself. Like, here oh, it comes. So good. But yeah, it's great to be back. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, we'll get back to we're, it. We're, we're, no, no, it's all good. We're glad to have you, man. I wanted to give you the floor to kind of spooge out whatever you had left in your balls from the last time we Let talked to you. Let the bodies hit the floor? Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. There you go. Um, but we are talking about something. We have a topic, and I'm going to leave it up to the two, one of the two of you to explain this topic, because I'm sure our lists on this top five will be all over the place. But listen, it's summer. Everyone takes vacations, right? It, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's that vibe that everyone's feeling right now where you want to get away, you know, have yeah. a blast, get naked, get, fuck your significant get, other, get naked. or fuck someone else's significant other. and Get some CT lot, scan That's on rules. I'm going to back the track of this whole thing with that. Come on, baby, make it hot. Yeah, but. I ain't getting paid to entertain your bridal shower. Rocking my porno tape for hours and hours. Yeah, the tour is be fair because I'm bigger than Ronald Jeff from me. No, you're not. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. Nobody is. I think all three of us combined are probably not bigger than Ronald Jeff. I would like to be, but I'm not. I wouldn't. That'd be a lot to handle. You gotta like. You can't wear those skinny jeans, man. You gotta fit a whole third leg in one of those. Dude, uh, yeah, that's true. So, so Kellen... From uh, our, our good buddy Kellen from Kellen's Petty Talk Show, 
Just text me, and that lucky Ooh. motherfucker is in line right now for Evil, Evil Dead, Dead Rise. Rise yeah. That yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. cocksucking piece of shit. <laughs> lucky motherfucker. Ugh, I know I it's going to be so that. good, too. I can't believe I let him stay in my house, and he does this. He probably He's probably the Listen. one that got you sick. He probably is. Afterwards, he told me he was sick. He was like, <laughs> he was like, how you feeling? And I was like, oh, I'm feeling like better. And he was all, like, all the hundred stage dives he did yeah, at that show. He was like, yeah, I felt pretty bad for a couple of days there, but I powered through. And I was like, he's like, I just ate seventy six uh, frosted cookies and just <laughs> kept living my life. And here I am. I felt so bad when he came in because he was like, let's get some food. And I said, okay. And it was like midnight by the time we got back to Worcester. And I was like, there's not a lot open, dude. So I thought Taco Bell was open. And we said, we'll just do that. So we went there and they were closed. And then we went to Burger King and they were closed. And then we finally ended up at a Wendy's, and it took fucking forever. And, like, he was getting a little hangry. Kellen, if you're listening, it wasn't a bad thing. I love you. But <laughs> he he was definitely hangry. And I mean, when you're stage diving 25 times, you know, you, you build up man, an appetite. Man, with the way we eat with our gym lifestyle and shit, you should have had that boy eating some protein before he even got on the floor. I guess man. I'm not you included need some in this proper energy. because <laughs> I'm, I'm made of mozzarella sticks and chicken wings. Mm, That's my life. Um, but I felt so bad. So, Kellen, I'm sorry. But that still doesn't give you any right to go see Evil Dead Rises before I can. You motherfucker. You motherfucker. But yeah, but again, so, what are we, again, thank you, but I was bringing what, <laughs> what are we talking about? I took a vacation about? from that. <laughs> Anyways, tonight, we're continuing our summer series on Brains 2 and talking about favorite vacation horror movies. Uh, like Justin said, it's going to be a little all over the place. Um, basically, the way we mostly approached this was there's a destination, either a vacation, trip to the woods maybe, um, or really just gives you that summertime feel in a horror movie. That's the idea. We tried there to, it is. We tried to stay there away mostly from Camp Slashers because for me, this would have all become just a Friday the 13th episode <laughs> and... Unfortunately, that's not what this one's about. We've already well, done God. a countdown well, with that franchise oh, earlier this year, and we'll yeah. do another one, oh, I'm sure. I'm sitting that one out, bro. You're damn right we will. No, you won't. Jeremy, you basically set the last one out, okay? You I mean, just there. for the most part, you're <laughs> absolutely correct. Dude, Kellen, you said, like, uh, that, that kid in a wheelchair that got killed, I really liked that. And I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah, I was like, I'm not even <laughs> doing research on this because I don't really care for the Friday the 13th movies. They're fine. Yeah, but They're you need fun. to care for this audience that's listening every single week that it's wants to hear what you think. Me, damn it. I, I should have sat. I should have sat it out because I I ain't got no love for the hockey mask boy. Damn, not even the burlap and, sack and, boy. And, and no, I like the burlap makes sack. It even better. But. That's that's what our our listeners want to hear. But ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick promo break to promote our sponsored event this weekend at the Colonial Theater, the iconic Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, on the sixteenth of July. Our boys. Sean and Joe over at the Movie Dumpster are presenting their first ever live show, Magic, Mayhem, and Little Rubber Monsters. It's a screening, all 35mm, Ghoulies and the Gate, and you'll hear this promo right now. Also sponsored by Trick or Treat Studios. A bunch of awesome sponsors, a bunch of awesome people will be there, including myself. So come out and have a blast with us. But here's the promo when we come back. Top five, whatever the fuck, summer, vacation, whatever the fuck. I don't even know, movies. But it's going to be fun. We love you guys. So we will be right back. Hey, what's up? It's Joe. And Sean. From the Movie Dumpster Podcast, of course. We wanted to tell you about our very first live, in-person show at the historic Colonial Theater called Magic, Mayhem, and Little Rubber Monsters. 
On Saturday, July 16th, join us for a double feature of Doom on glorious 35mm film, complete with vendors, guests, giveaways, and ghoulish goodies. First, we're kicking off the festivities with those toilet bowl-bound beasties known only as the Ghoulies. Then, in a terrifying tandem, we're playing that Sacrifix record backwards and blowing open a tunnel to hell as we go through the game. And while we're traveling through the portal to hell, you can grab yourself some goods from our friends. Tapes from the Crypt, The Scaredy Cat, Mondo Della Morto, Tape Hell, Quilt Face Studios, Monster FX, Six Slice, Cinema Insomnia, Hack the Movies, Spiral Rewind, and more. There's also gonna be two monster-sized giveaways with items from Trick or Treat Studios, Lunch Meat VHS, Terrorvision Records, Media Crypt, Fright Zone, Epic Film Guys, Say You Love Satan, Alone in the Dark, Bad Taste Video, Psycho Street Bum, and more. So make sure you mark those calendars for Saturday, July 16th at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Grab your tickets now at thecolonialtheater.com. You can pray it's not too late, but they'll get you in the end. So prepare yourself for a night full of magic, mayhem, and of course, little rubber monsters. And like Justin said, don't forget this weekend, we have our friends at Movie Dumpster hosting a fucking sick event. They're going to be showing ghoulies in the gate. Ghoulies! Ghoulies! Ghoulies in the gate! Wow. Ghoulies in the gate. At the Colonial Theater, the iconic Blob Theater, which hosted recently again their annual Blob Fest. Go there. Have a fucking blast. I'll be there. I'll probably be so fucking drunk. I'll be outside in front of the theater laid out That's more on like the it. ground. When you said, I'll be so, I was like, you better not say sober. <laughs> I was like, Don't challenge me, motherfucker. Don't challenge me. You could uh, do it. Again, this is a celebration of an event, but we're here to do a top five for you guys. It's been a while since we've done one. This is just going to be a fun blast all around. Again, this for me at least, how I approach this, because we are in the middle of summer, I wanted to evoke those movies that I sit down and always want to feel like, make me feel that summer feeling. You know, <laughs> not the feeling I get now as a late 30s adult, which sucks, the feeling I got when I was like 14 and was like, summer kicks ass, dude. You know, yeah. totally different vibe now. I mean, I still like summer, but... Man, it's not the same, you know, dude. You get older and it's, it's not just not because you're working. You know, when when you're a kid, you've got summer vacation where you're like, I don't have to do shit. I can fucking watch movies all day long. I can fucking watch TV shows, VHS tapes, go outside and ride my bike, eat hot pockets like a motherfucker. Let's Ew, do this. Stop. Bro, hot stop. pockets are delicious. No. And I they was, are an uh, American uh, delicacy. No. I'm no. still on my friend's dad's marijuana pipe <laughs> and smoking a hit off of it. I mean, definitely. I mean, that's when I watch the movies that I love that are summer related. So those of our listeners that attend my Terror Tuesday screenings at Alamo Drafthouse, D.C., Ashburn, I just showed one of my favorite summer movies ever of all time. I know what you did last summer. Ladybugs. Oh, and, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like that. that's. 
that movie is a quintessential like it feels like summer it's fourth of july feeling you know so i'm very nostalgic for movies around the time period where i'm watching them so if it's summer i watch a lot of summer movies if it's cold and winter i watch movies that take place in the snow Mm -hmm. and so that's i've always kind of been that way but um brady why don't you kick off the list with your number five again ladies and gentlemen this will be all (laughs) wacky and weird and but we're going to have we like fun it. with it. No. Yeah, All right. yeah. That's how I like it. That's how I like it in bed with your hand on my shit, but whatever. On we can, we can, shit? It's the equivalent of a podcast. All right. So. Oh, God damn. Oh, God damn. God damn. Uh, yeah, so oh, uh, I approached this episode from the perspective a little bit of what I watch in the summer, like horror movies that I mostly go to and want to watch only during the summer. Um, but also more of a, like a vacation destination kind of vibe to it. So for my number five, I went with The Strangers Pray at Night. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, Holy shit, dude. I honestly did not expect to hear any love from of that movie on here, but I recall watching it and enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it takes ten, place 10 years after the event of the original film, and I don't know how you guys feel. We haven't really talked about it. I really do like the original one, um, but I think that Strangers Pray at Night tonally wastes no time in setting another dread-inducing atmosphere. The original, you know, kind of sticks in this ambiguous kind of. It's a slow 70s burn. Vibe. It's 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 a slow burn movie. Yeah, and, and the sequel one, definitely more yeah, '80s slasher. Exactly, it's sure. more of an '80s slasher vibe, and it's got an amazing soundtrack and score. Uh, I just I don't know. I. I when I watch it, dude, that, that homage to Christine in that fucking movie yeah. is amazing. And the With end the truck pool, on fire, the pool fight scene. You know, I will say yeah. that yes, I understand why people don't like it. Um, I don't. You fine. should not understand. I don't. I don't understand, understand it. I don't understand no, it one bit. I don't understand. But yeah, I think no. it's. I think for me, it's better <laughs> than the first one. And yes, the I agree. Line, I agree. The iconic line in the first one of "Why are you doing this to us?" Because you were because home. You were home is yeah. great. But I think that this movie makes up for all of that. I, th- I think Christina Hendricks is great. I think that you get more time with the killers, the strangers, on screen. And they're just menacing. So I, I really like this one. It's a great summer movie. I think you have to watch it, especially if you're going on those like late summer vacations right before school year. That's a fantastic pick, dude. I mean, you had texted me earlier saying that you were surprised with some of your picks. And I'm glad to say I'm surprised with one of your picks. I own this movie. I bought it after it came out. I have not revisited it. I 100% should. And mm-hmm. uh, our good friend Kenny at the Myers house. Oh. Yeah, him. Yeah. Um, he bought like a bunch of the shit from the pool scene and stuff. He owns like the fucking neon tree and all that stuff. That's, so that's, cool. that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Great pick, dude. Cool. Thanks, 100%. Man. Awesome pick. Yeah. Um, cool. I'll jump into my number five. Uh, my number five pick is Strangers Pray at Night. Oh no! Why, way. why do you think I was laughing? Why do you think you were gonna say you hated it? That's no. Like, no. Why do you think I was laughing? Because my number five pick is also Strangers Pray Night. <laughs> I think that this movie is a slasher masterpiece. It is the best Boom. John Carpenter film that John Carpenter never directed himself. There is the whole movie is a love letter to John Carpenter films and cinematography and the building dread that Carpenter is famous for building and inducing in his films. I love this movie. The killers are so threatening and, and menacing. Bailey Madison, dude, let's let's talk about her. You know, she's been acting and things since she was a little, little girl. Um, she's got 
the new uh, Pretty Little Liars reboot that she's starring in as well, which they put a slasher twist on it, which is crazy. Uh, so the next Pretty Little Liars thing, uh, I think I it's going. Should probably tell. I should tell my daughter that because she was watching. Yeah. You know, the previous version. The, the new one a is a, the ago. new one is a slasher. Um. So it's that's that's super interesting that Bailey Madison is starring in. But dude, I love this movie. It's about a family of four staying at a secluded mobile home park for the night. And they're being stalked and hunted by three masked psychopaths. This movie came out in 2018. It was directed by Johannes Roberts, who also directed the 47 Meters Down films. And a movie that's really, it's another slasher movie that uh, is very ambiguous, uh, if if I recall, in the ending. Um, But I loved it quite a bit. It's called Expelled. It's another slasher film. If you guys haven't seen it, you need to fucking watch this movie. Expelled is fantastic. But, dude, everything about... Strangers Pray at Night, I love. Like, I, I went into watching this movie. I wasn't even excited for this movie because I was just kind of a Fairweather fan of the first one. I think that there was strokes of brilliance in the first one, but ultimately I'm like, okay, it's a home invasion thing. It's a slow burn thing. That's cool. I like it. Which you love, though, which is why it shocks me that it's not your, higher up on, you know, I do level of regard for I it. Do. I do. love those movies. I, I do typically love the slow burn ones and stuff like that. Like, Strangers Pray at Night just... It, it was good. I just didn't love it. But dude, this this second offering, like Brady said, I feel like it's mm-hmm. better than the original. I absolutely love and adore it. My good friend Jack Norman, he worked on the movie, and uh, I mean, he had a blast making that movie. Uh, Damien Maffei, who has become quite the horror icon in the making himself. I mean, dude, he was in the movie Haunt, which. Mm. Is another Haunt's one. Fantastic, dude. Haunt, Haunt's a masterpiece. Very underrated. Very underrated. Haunt movie. is a slasher masterpiece, and I will, I'll take that to my grave. I will, I will die on that hill, dude. It's fucking fantastic. Maybe, maybe. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, if if you want us to talk about that movie, come spooky season. I think that's a good one that's to a great talk about. Because I, 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 when they did that limited release of the Blu-ray, I one hundred percent swiped that shit up because I was a very big fan of it. But motherfuckers, oh my god, yeah. Both of y'all coming in with your number five. Yeah. Strangers pray at night. Holy crap. Here it is. Um, yes. So, again, I picked movies that evoked that summer feeling. We didn't, we didn't talk very much about what... We didn't <laughs> not, give specifics about, like, hey, this is exactly hey, what we're trying hey, to do. Th- th- with that movie, uh, d- does evoke a summer vibe. Yeah. This movie takes place in the fall. But for me, it has to be 1984's... Originally titled Fall Break slash The Mutilator. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Written, directed, and produced by Buddy Cooper, who I met at Mahoning Drive-In Theater a few years ago. Lucky. Uh, at a 35mm screening of the... I've, and, I, and, I, and I've I've screened the movie at Alamo Drafthouse uh, for Dismember the Alamo, in which it did a fucking amazing job. The crowd loved it. This movie, to me, when I just think of vacationing or summer, going to the beach... It was always something that I wanted to do with a group of friends, but it never happened because during that age time frame when I would be doing that, I was playing in bands and, and, and being drunk locally. Um, so <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't able to go to the, the, the beach to get drunk with friends and hot girls and stuff. But I always think of a few ideas that have to resonate in the movie. Um, chicks getting naked, people getting laid, a pool, the ocean and people getting slaughtered. And this movie has all of the above, One and it's damn. super One. fucking fun. The kills are fantastic, and it's an island property. It, everything about this movie, again, you can tell it's a little bit cooler out because they're wearing jackets and shit. I don't care. 
Yeah. This movie fucking rules. Uh, and it had to make this list. And obviously, we're just throwing this shit out there as we go. So who really cares? But if you've never seen The Mutilator, which is what it's titled now, if you're going to buy it on Blu-ray or rent it on Amazon, watch it. You'll have a fucking blast So you know they it. just filmed the sequel, right? The yeah. sequel is finished. Uh, which gone. which goes back to the last movie that we were talking about a little bit, about Strangers Pray at Night, is Damien Maffei from Strangers Pray at Night and... Um, uh, from Haunt, he's in the Mutilator too, so that's a fun yeah. little fun little connection there. I will. say. It's crazy shit. I, and and it's, so was no. I'm, I'm sorry. So so was my buddy Rick Flecka. He's also in the Mutilator too. It's just crazy because this is the first time that a movie, dude, 1984, right? That's 37 years ago. A movie that had it was just one thing, right? And there's a sequel to it coming out now, almost 40 years later. Yeah. That's so amazing and crazy to me, but that gives me hope that other films that may be on my list coming up will also get a sequel eventually. Like Dark Knight you never of know. the Scarecrow? That has like a fucking like 30 year later sequel, which if, hey guys, have you, have you seen that fucking trailer? <laughs> you, Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. Listen, the original is what it is. I'm not even going to get into that yeah. right now, but it, it, hey man, if people want to do this with these movies, people have budgets, they go. have ideas. Go. Why yeah. the hell not? I, uh, I figured Mutilator would show up I'm not a huge fan of it. I watched it earlier this year, um, and I just it didn't really hit me the way that it seems. Because you don't know what else. you're talking about. It's right, okay. right, right, You'll, right. you'll, you'll keep watching it. You'll, you'll um, be all right. But, I mean, the kills, like you said, <laughs> kills are great, especially, you know, the one we all think of with the hook all the way up. Um, but I just, the characters were awful to me, man, and I just... I couldn't get into it, but I do see the appeal. I do love that beach. You understand that a large amount of these movies that I enjoy, I don't care if the characters are good or not. I just want to see them get brutally murdered. Yeah. I want what to about see Halloween a person kills? get killed. But uh, as a kid, man, like we would go, we were poor. So if we wanted to go to the beach, we had to go in the off season. So we would go up to Cape Cod in like September after Labor Day when the water is like 40 degrees. <laughs> and my parents would be like, all right, go swim. You've been wanting to all summer. And you go out there like you're turning purple. So uh, that movie, there it I is. could understand that in the movie. So you lived that mutilifer, mut- mutilator fucking fall. Mutilifer. <laughs> you you <laughs> lived that mutilifer, bro. I did. I'm the mutilifer. Come on. <laughs> all right, so I'll go with my number four. Hey, yo. Uh, I had to go with Jordan Peele's Us. Uh, and while the movie wasn't able to really recapture that lightning in a bottle that Get Out was, because I think that that is just a masterpiece, um, Jordan Peele's sophomore film about evil doppelgangers is a full-on embrace of the horror genre that I think really grabs the attention of the audience and doesn't let go. Um, it's kind of like National Lampoon's Family Vacation turned home invasion film, right? It's got just bloody, gory, fun, and incredible character work by Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, and I think Miss Modern Horror herself, Elizabeth Moss. Um, Yeah, Moss is great in that, but we have to... I I, I said this when the movie first came out, and I think more people should have this as part of the conversation when it comes to best female horror performances of all time. Lupita still in that movie is by far one of the best performances. Actually, fuck just female performances performances in general ever i mean the movie itself i loved a lot about it i thought the third act was the weakest part about it i think jordan peele just didn't know how to nail that landing um 
like he did with Get Out, but fuck me the whole rest of that movie, the buildup and stuff. And the lead up to that movie with the trailers and the hype was so exciting after Get Out and those the music and everything like the imagery in the movie is beautiful. That's why I'm so, so excited to see Nope next week and talk about it on the show. Um, Just super excited to see what he's going to do next. But that's a again, dude, this pick. Amazing. Yeah. I thought I, about this one too, but it's great because I mean, there's scenes of them at the beach. It's just a family going on vacation, and then it's, the kids wearing a Jaws shirt, man. Yeah, and then it's I like, own the same fucking shirt, you it's know. Just like I mean, you got some Lost Boys vibes in there at the beginning with the boardwalk. Like, the, I think there's so much to love about it. Yes, like I said, it's not as great as Get Out. I don't think, honestly, I don't think he'll be able to recapture that. The, the ending is bad. Um, um, I, I've got high hopes for Nope, but uh. I've got five on it. Oh, that remix dude, is so. I still, haunting. I still listen to it all the time. It's I still so have the soundtrack good, on my phone Same. all the time, dude. And that was stuck in everybody's head for months because you just see the trailer at the theater, yeah. or at least I did because I was at Alamo like every night at that yeah, point. Right. Um, but one hundred percent, great dude pick. That movie does embody summer and vacation because the family going together, everything about the setting, mm-hmm. perfect. You know, yeah. they're on boats and shit, that boat death and everything, so it's... Boats and hose, yep. Yep, perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. Cool, right, Jeremy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into my number four, which this movie, when it came out, it gave me hope, right? I, I grew up on, on slasher films, specifically 80s slasher films. When this movie came out, it was a promise. It was hope that the genre that... I loved that had laid dormant for so long was was going to come back and for a minute there reemerge. Yes, and for a minute there it seemed like it was going to happen and didn't ever fully come back in, in full force like I had hoped and wished that it would, but it gave us some great nostalgic slasher fun with the practical effects of John Carl Beekler. I'm talking about 2006's Adam Green's directed Hatchet. Mm. Dude so, oh, yeah. when a group okay. of tourists in New Orleans haunted swamp tour find themselves stranded in the wilderness, their evening of fun and spooks turn into a horrific nightmare. Dude, it's, uh, you know, vacation of some, some dudes getting out, uh, you know, uh, at Mardi Gras, and they're doing a swamp tour, and the shit hits the fan. Uh, the lead character, Joel David Moore, you know, his, his girlfriend just broke up with them, so, like, this movie is great because it's it's not only like an 80s slasher throwback, but it's got some really great comedic things going on in it. The comedic timing is fantastic. We get Jason Voorhees, the definitive, in my opinion, Jason Voorhees, Kane Hodder as our killer, Victor Crowley, dude. And amazing, an amazing makeup, amazing. iconic imagery. I was just yeah. about to say an amazing makeup from John Carl Beekler. Uh, dude, the movie is just a shit ton of fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. There's not so much subject material thrown into the mix that you're like, okay, like, what am I watching? What is this? Like, dude, you're getting exactly what you're getting, which is a fun, funny, brutal, bloody slasher film. Dude, some of the some of the death scenes in this movie, we hadn't seen anything like it in years. Anything like it since the 80s. Yeah, since, since the, the 80s. 80s. Or, the early, or at least the early 90s, maybe, but for sure. I mean, this is the... I, I'll never forget, Jeremy, because again, where I was living at the time, upstate New York, this did not screen anywhere. I, I could... I, I swear to God, I was looking for like bootlegs of the shit, but I'll never forget being able to watch it. Um, And my buddy Powell, P. Well, I love you, brother. Hope you're listening. He usually does. 
my old drummer. Um, we watched it at his fucking house, smoking a huge fucking bong, <laughs> and they made, made like a party out of it, dude. Because we were all so fucking excited. We all knew Kane Hodder was coming back to be the new main bad boy. You know, it was Adam Green who had all this fucking hype surrounding him for it. And it, it, I'm just gonna say it now. I still think it's my favorite of the three. I like. I think one of the four now. Best. Of the four now. Well, oh yeah, yeah Victor for, Crowley. Forgot, Victor Crowley. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, Hatchet itself yes, with yes. The, one the title three, Hatchet. Yes. Um, but. Yes, it's. I think it's a blast, man. Dude, it's great. It's, it's amazing. But what's what's funny is that just like you, there was no screenings around here. I got a bootleg of it the moment that I could. Of course, Jeremy. Oh, dude. Oh, here we and go. I watched it, and I fell in love <laughs> with it. And the moment that I could purchase it, I purchased it. I purchased every piece of memorabilia that I fucking could from it. Autographed posters. Fuck, dude. I still have them. Some uh, uh promotional Mardi Gras beads that say Hatchet 2006 on them. Like, I have them still. I've got a bunch of stuff. Like, dude, Did I... You, uh, do you ever, like, when you watch that movie, put those on and, like, I don't know, like... Go just on take my shirt off. Watch people. Yeah. yeah, just take my shirt yeah, off. Okay. I'm like, throw me a Perrier! Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, so... Uh, Hatchet is such a... It's such a... A great movie, and it also, like... Thinking of that movie and watching that movie break, uh, it brings me back to a time in my life, like, before I had, like, a fucking mortgage and, like, all this adult shit going on. It was, like, you know, like, I had graduated from high school three years before that, so it was still, like, me trying to find my way in life, but, you know, nothing too seriously going on. I was playing in a band, and life was just fun and simple, and it was a party then, and it brings me back to that simplistic time. So I, I love Adam Green. I love Hatchet. That's my number four, man. Nice. Great pick. Wonderful. Great pick. I, I I haven't been able to shit on either of you for any of your picks yet. Just I'm wait. hoping one of you Just picks wait. a bad movie. So <laughs> I can... Yeah. Okay. Uh, There's Brady again. This. Mm. Mm. I just did it. Mm. Bastard. Mm. Mm. So this movie, myself and Brady got to see on 35mm together with its main star in attendance. I drank Tito's with her together and it was entirely possible that relations could have occurred just being straight up and honest but this is from 1983 the year i was born lisa rose has a thorn (laughs) Mm -hmm. yes she does Mm -hmm. sleepaway camp released as nightmare vacation in the united kingdom justin Um, said the only way i'll sleep with you is if you have that dick from the movie It would have helped. I mean, then I would have gotten the best of both worlds. Holy shit. If you got that micro penis, I'm micro sucking that shit. She was amazing. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Oh my God, dude. Do do you remember, Brady, when there was a huge line of people waiting to meet her? And I saw what she was drinking. You and I were standing in line. We'd already been drinking all day. Oh, yeah, we had. And, and I had my Tito's in, my, in our fucking plastic cups or whatever. And I looked over and I go, dude, she's drinking Tito's. Mm-hmm. Look, man, look. And then I, like, put my cup up and, like, I think I cheersed her or said something. Like, yeah. whatever, some small talk. She ran over to me and, like, left her whole line yeah. of people. Which is why it took fucking forever to get through that line. <laughs> and we embraced Because she kept and... doing stuff like that. The other thing that you're leaving out of that story is when you said, hey man, hold our spot, I'll be right oh, back. Oh, the dude and that talked about the... for a yeah. fucking hour, and this What do you dude, think I was doing? 
I'd probably jack it off, peeing in the bushes like you always do. Peeing yeah. in the bushes. This dude, you guys watched um, Tiger King, right? Yes. You know the dude yeah. who was like the producer that was always in black and had like no teeth and like the 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 black. That guy hat. wasn't that bad. That's Get what this guy looks like. But he came up and just randomly started talking to me about like the event, and he's like, "I was just passing through, and there's this huge event, and I didn't even know what was going on, so I thought I'd stop by and see." And I was like, "Oh, the event was sold out." So how'd you get in? And he was like, I just walked in. I was like, that doesn't sound right. And he kept talking about like stuff. Like it was the, it was like X-Files. Like he definitely killed somebody in Colorado where he was from. <laughs> I See, I left the line. I remember now I left the line because I didn't want to stand next to that guy. Because and then you came back. And I remember we were talking about what creature. Dude, Brady, you, 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 you attract fucking crazy I people. I do. Howard, always Howard from the fucking movie screening. What was it? That was his name, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But this dude. So Justin comes back, and we're talking about like what creatures you would not want to fight from. Uh, what, what would be the easiest and creature to fight Justin or something? Justin said something about like the xenomorph, and the guy was like, "What?" After he had just gotten done talking about how Aliens is his favorite movie, and Justin was like, "You know." The creature from Alien, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that that would have been that would be fine. They're not hunters. They're not like the Predator." Oh my god! <laughs> and it was just stuff like that all fucking night. And then in finally, reality, all you have to do is fucking shoot it. It's dead. And at one point, he was like, "I'm gonna get some coffee. Do you want some?" And I was like, in my head, the little voice said, "Do please, not let him touch your drink. Please go." No. And he walked away, and he never came back. I never saw him again. We never he was saw like, him. Well, guess I'm not raping that guy tonight. <laughs> Anyways, no, sorry, Justin, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 it's okay. It's a great story. Trauma. Yeah. No. Trauma. I don't got any trauma, trauma here. There's no trauma over here with that Corey situation. It's, it's generational trauma. I, dude, you know, to be honest with you, I left you alone, and I went back to the car and just sat there with my cup of booze and just drank it watching the movie. That's what I did. I was I'm like, so I'll just let him stay with that, I am that, so dude. happy for you. Um, but no, of course, Sleepaway Camp is also known as one of the best camp slashers ever, and this movie completely evokes summer to me and vacation i never went to a summer camp i wasn't that kid my parents never shipped me off or anything but when i watch this movie there is young adolescence there is sexual tension there are kids playing fucking baseball and talking shit to each other like they want to literally beat the fuck out of each other um it, it, it's an era <laughs> Eat it's shit a time and die, ricky each should live. Talk. Imagine if they, you know, kids talk that way today at that summer camp. They they'd be immediately expelled, and you're never coming back. But, um, great kills. The ending. Everything about it, man. It just feels like summer to me, and it feels like vacation. Yeah, so. dude, love that movie. The vacation I never had. So that is my number four. Uh-huh. And on to you, Brady, for your. My number three, I'm surprised. Five. Nothing's wrong with me. <laughs> Something's gotta give. Hasn't ah! But it, but it might. Uh, my number three could probably be called the Scream of Summer Slashers. Mm-hmm. Talk about 2011's Cabin in the Woods. Oh, okay. Uh, Not where I thought you were gonna go. Oh, oh, came about as a way to poke fun of how the genre had grown stale again. Uh, it follows a group of teens on a weekend summer getaway cat to a cabin in the woods, and there are some forces at play, right? It's very meta. It's very smart. I think the highlight of this movie is probably the the banter between Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins. It's just fucking hilarious. Like, they're able to bounce off each other in a smart and, like, dry kind of way. 
the movie's both a love letter and a critique. Um, but overall, I think it's a breath of fresh air. It really, really honed in on the the quote unquote torture porn era that we were in, and I think it did it in a great way. There are gory kills. The characters are fleshed out well enough for the type of movie it is, and then the ending is some sort of like love letter to Lovecraft that I think they pulled off really, really well. So number three for me is Cabin in the Woods. So that movie is one of the only movies, if not actually, I think it is the only movie that I've ever seen in theaters that the first maybe 25 minutes of it, I fucking hated it. I felt like it was making fun of the stuff that I loved. Yeah. And Anne, my wife, was sitting next to me, and I remember looking at her going, I fucking hate this movie. And she was like, yeah, it's not good. And then when they revealed the twist, from then on, it starts to be fucking amazing. And then I ended up loving that movie, and it is the only time ever in my life that I've been in a theater and been like, I fucking hate this movie, and then turned around and was like, actually, I fucking loved it. That's the brilliance of Cabin in the Woods, man. That's that's a great pick. Um, my number three is a movie that I saw in theaters in high school with a group of friends to a packed audience, and it's still one of the best modern slashers because I, I consider this a slasher even though you can't see the killer. I'm talking about Final Destination from the year 2000. Dude. With what 100% a movie we're going to be doing a full retrospective on when the anniversary comes. Oh, for sure. Because they have another movie that they I already fucking, filmed, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. They're doing another movie. Yeah. I can't, I love the... Dude, great fucking pick. The original Final Destination is one of my it's, favorite it's, movies of it's, all time. It's perfect, yeah. dude. That movie is fucking perfect. You know, the plot is... Alex is boarding a plane to France on a school trip when he suddenly gets a premonition that the plane will explode. Shortly after, Alex and a group of students and his teacher are thrown off the plane. To their horror, the plane does in fact explode. Alex must now work out death's plan as each of the survivors falls victim. So, dude, death, like, they cheated death, and death is like, "Mm mm-mm, bitch, you was on my list. So, dude, just like a slasher, one by one, this invisible force that is dead set on eliminating every survivor from the plane goes into full force with the most creative fucking kills, dude. So fucking creative. So much tension. So many what the fuck I didn't see that coming. Like, dude, how many of those kills in that movie were you sitting there watching and all of a sudden it just happens out of nowhere and you're like, oh, blown away. Dude. I mean, I would say, I would dare to say this, that the movie is as much Hitchcock as it is slasher because it presents things to you just like Hitchcock's rule was present your audience an idea, show them that something's probably going to happen and throw that at them and then let them wait for it to happen and have them be surprised. So real quick too, from the first movie, what is your most like memorable kill or death scene? The teacher. I would say the teacher for sure. That one's good. Mine would I mean, be the best friend in the bathtub. That's brutal as Because shit. that one is like, that one scares the shit out of me because it's like, you could just fucking trip on stuff like this in your bathroom. Like, people do it all the, the fucking time. The blood vessels bursting in the eyes. Yeah. Dude, oh, holy man, shit. Man, the way that they approach that is so, it, it, it hurts. I mean, there's a reason I don't like to fly. So I'll just mm. say that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, listen, the Twilight Zone movie, you know, George Miller's segment in that, 
is the reason I don't want to fly. But this movie made it even worse. And I watched this movie so many times leading up to my first time flying. So you would you would think that the director of this film would be thrown so much horror content that they couldn't even be able to handle it. Uh, The director's name is James Wong, not James Wan, James Wong. (laughs) And I mean, dude, he's got a couple other credits like he directed some X-Files episodes, but the only other thing that he really did that was kind of big was Final Destination 3. He came back and did the third one. So it's like, dude, I, give this the guy... The third one's solid. Yeah, yeah give, the give, fourth one is better. Give this guy some money and let him make some more horror things because, goddamn, he could fucking knock it out of the park, man. Who's uh, who's doing the new one? Do we know? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I gotta look that up. All I read was that they... Had... <sighs> made sure to make clear that the formula was going to be different. And I'm like, yeah. why would you do that? I mean, I get it. It's been a long time since the last one came out, The Final Destination. But uh, I, I feel like if you're going to do these movies, like you got to do something fresh with them. But I mean, like they always came up with so many cool ideas on how to off people. And that's why people went to the theater. The same thing with the Saw series. It's It's, it's no different, you know, so... Um, those were two of the biggest franchises for a while that were doing that kind of thing. Have you guys um, seen the IMDb page for Final Destination 6? No. It says the description is, a group of first responders escape death's grasp only to start being killed off increasingly unlikely in- by increasingly unlikely and killer mishaps. Sounds okay. like Final Destination. I mean, make, 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 make yeah. no mistake, though. I mean, anyone can update IMDb, so who knows, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> that's, be, why, uh, that's why I always like to ironically present that as the synopsis because I don't, we never know if it's actually true or not. But yeah. I'm looking forward to it either way. I've um, been saying for years, I'm supposed to be doing a top 10 kills episode with our friend Jax uh, over at the Here for the Booze podcast. It's been in the works for a while, so I'm looking forward to doing that in the next month or so. So okay. be on the, the looks for that. But yeah, man. Great fucking pick. Um, yeah, again, they were supposed to go to France. He didn't go. Nope. Good old Anton nope. from Idle Hands. Mm. Nope. All right, Justin. All right, my number you? three. Nope. Nope. Mm. nope. Mm. Yes. Comes from Joe Dante, 1978. It was the movie that basically broke him through as a director with a lot of little plastic fishies eating the shit out of children when they're at a camp for the summer. Trying to just have fun. Family-filled fun. Nope. nope. Piranha, baby. Yep. And I usually leave this one out of the... I didn't want to approach this with Animal Attacks movies because we've already been doing those with the monster movies and stuff. But this movie kind of just sets itself apart because it's so totally different. Um, just because Joe Dante approaches it as a complete satire of the genre at the time and has a blast with it and has these over-the-top characters... And actually does the taboo thing of having like a whole large group of children in inner tubes in the water for an exercise. And these little fish are gnawing the shit out of their heels and their legs and destroying them. And of course, it has a water park, which is owned by none other than Dick Miller, wearing like the most amazing fucking over the top outfit. I'm pretty sure it's like pink or blue leisure suit or some shit. Uh, and he's like, he's he's like basically the mayor in Jaws, where he's just like, "Fuck it, we got to keep this thing open. Who cares if the kids are dying?" <laughs> yeah, it just evokes it, it evokes summer, and also our main character, our hero, is a drunk, 
where the opening scene we see him being delivered like a whole box of Jack Daniels and liquor and he's just like hammered the entire movie. So yeah, yeah that's that's Great me. Pick, dude. Yeah, I, I assumed that, that was going to show up. Um, well, there's another really reason happened. why it showed up on my list because I was reminded that exactly three years ago today, and I forgot that I even did this. That I hosted a screening and introduced Piranha to a sold out crowd at Alamo DC, and I totally forgot it was a thing. I saw a picture and I was like, "Oh my god, dude!" I, I don't even remember that happening, and I'm okay. sure you know why I don't remember. But mm. it was a blast either way. I like this movie. Very, very much. And it's always one of those movies that I usually watch around May to get me in the summer mood. Mm-hmm. So that's my number three. Well, we're getting down to uh, the nitty gritty here. I'm surprised that really the only one that's overlapped is Stranger Spray at Night, <laughs> which I would not have thought was going to overlap no, at all. would have never guessed that. Uh, never would have thought. Number never. two for me is Dave Franco's directorial debut about a group of friends who rent an Airbnb to celebrate their startup getting financing, but quickly fall prey to a homicidal masked maniac. Are you talking about the movie we watched together when we were fucking hammered? I'm talking about The Rental. Yes. Oh, my God. You and I, I've never seen this oh movie. God. You and I started watching it in New Jersey. When we I'd already in, seen it. I'd already right. seen it. And you, so you we were getting drunk yet. in yeah. New Jersey after going to a screening of Scream with my friend Kyle from Vintage Horror Podcast. Vintage Horror! Afterwards, we get back to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. All right, so here's going to be a long story, so just strap in. Because <clears throat> this right, is have a good night. A lo- lot of things going can on I, here. Can I can I put him on a strap on though? But instead, you could strap on because I'm going to strap in, and I, I don't know what that meant. Sorry, guys. And <laughs> <laughs> so we're you tried, you tried watching this movie kind of in the background. <laughs> My wife was trying to sleep in the bed, maybe ten feet away. And we ordered food, which Justin claims is what got him sick, but I think we all know what got him sick. And then... How dare you? How dare you? Halfway through us getting drunk and kind of... And we were just talking and watching the movie. He was like, you know, this is a really good movie. And I said, dude, I can't even fucking hear it. And he was like, you should go back and rewatch it sometime because that's really good. And then we just saw the end and I said, okay. So a couple weeks later, I went back and watched it. And he was right, man. It's a fucking great movie. Like, I think... That there are, there's two parts of it that I, I, I really, really enjoy. And the first part is that it's a slow burn. And I love how it settles in and you know something is going to go wrong. The setting matches up. It falls into that trope of unsuspecting yuppies. They have a pet that goes missing. Things are A Frenchie, though. A Frenchie. Not a Frenchie. Not like my Goji. So after that, I think. The movie could have been a fucking great psychological thriller without introducing the murderer because it's it's really just about these four young adults who are at a stage in their life where they're just devolving <laughs> into chaos, right? So like they're at the height and then in a weekend it just plummets because there's infidelity, there's guilt, there's these romances that shouldn't be going on, there's betrayal, and then you bring in a killer to it all and it just ups the ante. So I I really just think that the ambiguity of the ending, which is Franco has said is trying to set up for a sequel, but also just like the random acts of violence. Like it's it goes back to stranger the strangers. It's it's just these things happen and there's there doesn't have to be a reason. It goes back to Halloween, right? Like what I love Michael so Myers much about it? the movie though is 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 that it is a group of, you know, 
no, I wouldn't call them yuppies per se, but they're successful young people. They're well, all attractive. The new yuppie they're, is tech entrepreneur. So yes. Whatever. Yuppies an eighties term before your time. So mm. yeah. don't let it come out of your mouth, motherfucker. Um I mean there's some good sex scenes in this movie. There's a great cast in this movie. It's beautifully shot. Um I can't believe you added it to the list. Now I'm even more I gotta watch it, man. That we watched it and um I fell asleep and then I woke up in the morning and you and your wife had to save me from near death. Yeah, we got you. Because of those, the, it was chi- the chicken tenders. It was not the chicken It was the waffles. chicken tenders. They put some weird sauce on that shit. We all and ate the, chi- the same thing, Justin. You all were used to fucking junk food. At that <laughs> point, I wasn't eating that shit ever. So, yes, it is the fault of the junk food. Anyways, the rest not of the Jeremy, booze. Not if the you, booze, it, huh? If you haven't seen it, not, not, not at that point. I was, I mean, you should go watch either. it. I think it's on Shutter <laughs> for free right now, so go watch. No, it. definitely watch the rental. Um, yeah. uh, I feel like Allison Brie, Dan Stevens. Oh shit! Oh dude, the kid from Great Shameless, cast. who's in uh, the oldest. Oh male yeah, in Shameless, yeah. Um, yeah, I, lo- oh. I love the setting too. I'm gonna jump into my number two, numero dos, if you will. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that I've brought up on this podcast before. The thing. <laughs> Wait, is this a vacation movie? <laughs> they took a nice work trip to Antarctica. No. So, uh, dude, this is Cold Prey. Cold Prey uh, from 2006. Okay. I it's it's a foreign film. I love this goddamn movie so much. It is a brutal, unrelenting slasher movie. Like, dude, I know you guys haven't seen this. Okay. Write it fucking down, text me, and you're going to watch this movie. Like, seriously, next time we record this podcast, I want both of you to have watched this movie because you're going to love it as much as I do. It is like Friday the 13th on fucking steroids, dude. It's it's about uh, these five young Norwegians that head up to the mountains to snowboard. One of them breaks their leg, and it's getting dark soon, so they spend the night in a big abandoned hotel. It was, it's was it been closed for 30 years, and they are not alone. Dude, the killer in this movie is a hulking, menacing, fucking scary guy, and he fucks them up. And the movie is so good, it's a trilogy, right? I watched the first and the second one, and I fucking love both of them. I have been wanting to watch the third one for probably a decade, and I cannot find one with, even with subtitles. Like, dude, I I prefer foreign films with subtitles. I cannot find one with English subtitles. So I'm like, okay, I could watch this and just watch for the brutal death scenes and shit like that, but I'm going to have no idea what the fuck they're saying the whole time. Uh, It's been a minute since I've searched. Maybe there is something available now with English subtitles, but I don't know. I haven't seen it, so... Cold Just on a quick looking up of it, it says that the killer's name is the Mountain Man. That's terrifying, dude. Itself. He's he's scary as fuck. So the uh, the director, the director's name is Roar, like a lion roar. It's Roar <laughs> Uthog. Roar Uthog. That's cool, dude. He uh he helmed uh 2018's Tomb Raider, and he also directed the upcoming Troll uh, movie for Netflix. Dude, the 2018 Tomb Raider movie was actually, I I, I believe that. A few of us on the EFG Classic reviewed the movie, and I was actually pretty hot on it. I thought it was pretty, 
in terms of a uh, solid adventure movie, it was really good, dude. You know, this this movie is is fantastic. The sequel is fantastic. Uh, I can't if if you love slasher movies and you've been like pining for like a really really good. What's one Jeremy, that I, I had to say? I, I love how you accentuate the word slasher. Slasher. It. It's always it's it's so I, I love that. No one else. Dude, it's exciting to me. I love. I love. That's why I love you. Thank you. I love that's you too. I. I, I love that genre, and, I, I you know, I, I love you too. Shut up, Brady. I, I didn't Brady. mean you. Um, but, <laughs> I didn't say you. You know, go if... Outside, if nerd. <laughs> go on now, nerd. Get your bitch ass out here, nerd. Come on, BJ. My name's CJ. You know that. <laughs> Judy, get your man, goddammit. Get your, get your man, child. Um, dude, yeah, if, if you love slasher films and you're like, man, I'd really like to watch one I haven't seen before, Cold Prey. Cold Prey. Cold Prey. Do it. Cold Prey. Sweet, Not Coldplay. That, that's great. <laughs> Not that shitty band no one likes. Look at what the am I talking about? Millions of people like them. You. Millions of people like them. Actually, I don't mind them. They're fucking awful. Yellow. Oh, oh yellow. Justin, it's your number two, man. Oh, yeah. I think it's cool. Um, it's the movie that I screened last week. I, I, this is a last-minute choice. I know what you did last summer from 1997. <laughs> yes. Yes. It feels summer to me. It feels, even though they're not on vacation, it's 4th of July weekend. Well, technically Julie comes back from school. so. But what I'm saying is the opening of the movie is... They're out of school. We don't even really... There's no school or anything in this movie. They're not like high school kids where you see them. They are, but you're not witnessing that part of it. So the movie opens and they're already out of school. Mm -hmm. So it feels like summer, they're having people eating crab and shit and getting hammered. Then they, the opening of the movie, them on the beach with the beautiful rocks and such and the waves crashing and they're telling the stories, the urban legends. I'm going to hook you. You know, for me, this movie, it, it literally is summer, and I watch it every single 4th of July, and this last week I had the opportunity, I'm so blessed to have that opportunity to be able to screen this for an amazing crowd, and it was such a blast to see this with a crowd. I never got to see this one in theaters, um, so I don't know what happened. I have absolutely no idea what w- was happening at the time, but I'm happy to have presented it to a crowd of people. Most of the people did not ever, they never saw it before. So they didn't even know anything about it. So again, we have an amazing cast here with the film, you know, <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prince Jr., Ryan Felipe. And it's one of the best post scream slashers. Um, the more modern, stylistic teen slashers that we got, and uh, written by Kevin Williamson, based on the 1970s book. I mean, it's the same thing you've already seen before, where the film centers around young friends that are stalked by a hook-wielding killer one year after covering up a car accident, where they apparently kill the dude. You know, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, but it's it, it's super fun. I mean, I feel like it's way more. At its core, it's way more thriller uh, than sl- slasher horror, but it's still got that too. I mean, it's got some great jump scares and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and this is just one of my favorites. It always will be. So I had to put it on my list. And since we were just throwing shit out there on this, 
I, uh, I, it's, I was it's, like, fuck it. It's funny. I know it's I, one of your favorites, too. I know you love this one. I was going to say, you know how much you love this movie, but <laughs> one of the things that sticks out the most to me when I think of I Know What You Did Last Summer actually is from Scary Movie. <laughs> when they hit the guy and he's like it's a boot (laughs) (laughs) i love that scene but no man great pick uh i i really wanted to put it on here but just for my definition of what we're doing tonight it it didn't quite well since well since there is no definition of what we were doing i said who gives a fuck but ladies and gentlemen remember this it's the 25th anniversary this year of the film later this year come september october ish be prepared because we're going to be doing a full retrospective on the film with our good friend Ryan from the Scream with Ryan C. Showers podcast. Yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. So we wanted to wait. I mean, we'd originally planned to release it during July when it's, the movie takes place, but it's better to release it when everyone's actually going to be talking about it. There's a brand new 4K Ultra HD restoration from Sony Pictures coming out at the end of September, so it's the perfect time. So I just wanted to put this on the list and also remind you about that episode coming up, which I'm very, very excited to bring Ryan back for. And I've heard through the grapevine that we even might be doing a Croker Queen pageant of our own. So oh my you God. guys might be able to vote for who's the Croker Queen of Brain Stew, you know? Well, listen, I'm looking at all three of us right now, and uh, it's going to be hard. I think... I think uh, I can't wait to to do the <laughs> retrospective on that movie and discuss how much I, I don't particularly care for that movie. All right, you know what? Thank you guys for tuning in. Nope. This episode is done. Nope. Uh, this is Brain Stew. Brain Stew! Uh, let's get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> let's no, I mean, like, again, film criticism in general and talking about movies is always about bringing different perspectives, ah. so I always want no, that no, no, to be no, the I case. Know. Like, you know, the years that I've been doing this and our listeners have been hearing it, man, they never want to hear everyone saying the same shit. It's boring as fuck so it's just not for i welcome me. that yeah i welcome that yeah. but you'll rewatch it just like you rewatch jaws 2 and uh, maybe you'll you see some it. things come on that you, you did i don't you know? i don't love jaws i had some people too. reach out to me i had some people reach out to me they're like holy fuck during that entire episode he went from one thing to the next yeah. oh my god what it was it, it was interesting because like Dude, watching it, I'm like, oh, man, these fucking kids. I don't like this movie. And then I'm like, you know, but there's so much in the movie that I do love that I can, I can overlook this. And you're absolutely right. Over the course of the podcast, I was like, fuck, you know, it's not that bad. I think I, I kind of like I, it. I feel like it always benefits people, and and I've been victim to this too, where I've said I don't like a movie or I felt a certain way about a movie, and a friend or whoever, whether it was me doing a podcast or not, like just revisiting it and being like wow it's been this many years since i've watched this movie and it's been had, had a newfound appreciation or <laughs> or or i found a movie that i used to think i loved yep, and man. i no longer love anymore you know? yeah so no I've, I've been there man like you go back and watch one and nothing's like, wrong with me speaking of one wrong with me one we're down to my final pick yeah final so, dick pick. we're down Final dick pick. Ooh. You ever seen Sleepaway Camp? Because you're about to. <laughs> uh, my, this was hard because like I said at the beginning, it took everything in me to not put a Friday the 13th movie down on this list. That was but law. That was law. It, no it was the, the law. So it was written. So it shall be. My number one is a remake from 2006. 
I know what it is already. Same. The hills have eyes. Hell yeah. Play that. Play the Acacia Strain song right now. Uh, um, I'll play California Dreamin'. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. This movie has always stuck with me, and it's you know a family on vacation through the fucking desert that falls prey to a bunch of mutated cannibals, and there are scenes in this fucking movie that are just nauseating. Also, like, it's probably better than the original. Oh, it's a hundred percent, one thousand percent. Um. Just that the rape scene and and Jeremy Craven oh. produced this one, right? You said yes yeah. before we talked about it. Right? And uh, what's what's interesting is Craven produced uh, the remake, and then the sequel to the remake, uh, Wes Craven and his son Jonathan wrote it. Really? Yeah. Um, but I I I think that rape scene is one of the most uncomfortable scenes that I've ever like watched. Ooh. Um, like the suckling and all that. Oh, oh and then. Ted Levine, man. I mean, fucking Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs is the retired detective dad who you think is going to be the guy who saves everything, and then he fucking burns to death. Like, the the entire attack scene on the trailer is just pure chaos, and you don't know who's going to get out alive. And even at the end, even though there's some closure with Lizard being killed, like it, it's still like you end the movie on like, wow, like they're all fucking dead. Except this dude and his baby. Like, that's crazy. And then like, it, 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 it ends with you finding out there's still more mutants that are, like, yeah. honing in on them. Like, it's just, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. And it's, I think that when you're talking about summer vacation horror movies, this is, like, top tier. This is peak, obviously. It's my number I mean, one. But I, I think that you have to put this on your list. I thought about putting this on my list, actually. Only because, and I've probably mentioned this on numerous occasions the date that i had with this movie ended up being fantastic mm. after the movie and i've got great memories of that but i, I remember <laughs> being in the theater opening night with the date or whatever that i just met and walking out being like totally blown away by what i had seen and remembering that I'd, i think i'd only seen the original one time at that point um on vhs i think and being like, oh my god, like, holy shit, dude, they they made a movie I felt like that was better. Now, we all know that when Craven made the original, it, it was something he was kind of forced into. Mm-hmm. At that point, he wasn't really interested in making horror movies anymore, but it was a financial thing, and he had the opportunity, and he went and made that movie, and it was successful for him to an extent. I mean, he even ended up being involved with the sequel and everything because he was broke at the time. But I love seeing a remake of one of his movies being good because yeah. it, it, it's such a rarity. I mean, that, and also, this is another movie that I think is a good remake of one of his movies. The Last House on the Left remake, I think, with Aaron Paul is pretty solid as well. I can you know? stomach so, that movie more than I can stomach the original. Well, the original has that 1970s exploitation. Yeah. It's shot on 35 millimeter. It looks gritty. It feels gritty. It, it feels real. Like you vibe, feel like so. you're going to get in trouble for watching this yeah. movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a different thing. But another great pick. I mean, honestly, I guys, I, I'm I'm really surprised at all the picks on this list so far. But we're yeah. Jeremy. Also, it's on, on you, man. Before we go to but, Jeremy, I also oh have no. to say a big reason oh that no. this movie got to my number one for this category was because that fucking scene where it shows the dog 
Beauty, I think was its name. Ugh. Its stomach being ripped open. Most movies at this time shied away from showing that kind of graphic horror of animals. And I don't like horror to animals, but dude, that was like that was when I knew I was like, this movie is fucked up. The thing is about that, and I'm that guy too. Animal rights, whatever, whatever. But it's a movie. Yep. Right? So. Well, yeah, I mean, I've never shut off a movie. Like, I didn't watch American Psycho and say, oh, no, no, he killed the dog. But just, like, at that time, you sh- they shied away from it. Like, they would, you know, hint. Attention, at- they're not really killing right. the animal in the movie. The it's a show, movie. Like, its face with its tongue hanging out dead. But they never If you really- want to watch horror put to animals, watch Milo and Otis, because, like, a hundred oh. fucking animals died during the making of that shit. So, Damn. just saying. Anyways, Jeremy, you can go now. I'm, I'm really sorry. I love you. Don't <laughs> All right, all right, fair enough. Uh, my number one. What? Nothing's wrong with me. Number one. Nothing's wrong with me. (laughs) Stupid. Um, (laughs) Evil Dead, nineteen eighty-one. Five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. A movie we did a full retrospective yeah. on last year. You know, had I yeah. thought about The Hills Have Eyes, um, it probably would have been my number one. So that was a that's a great pick, Brady, because as soon as you said it, I was like, fuck, I should I should have done that one. Um, so a- a- excellent pick. But dude, Evil Dead, the classic friends go on a, a on a little mini vacation together. And, you know, what what friends trip isn't complete with unleashing a Kandarian demon? You know, uh, the movie is brutal, unnerving, all the things that have been said about Evil Dead. I love it. Uh, it made a star out of Bruce Campbell because that motherfucker is a star. I mean, he mm-hmm. owned that fucking movie and uh, went on to be a beloved character in the Evil Dead franchise, which, once again, our buddy Kellen is watching the new one right now. Fingers crossed that it's amazing. I've got good feelings about it. Evil Dead 1981, man, it's just such a classic, and it's 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 a movie that that I adore. I've traveled the country meeting the cast and got to meet Sam Raimi, and that was such a big fucking deal to me. So number Go one, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I I would hate me if I was you too. Um, no, no I mean, I, I, you you know the story. I've said it on here too before. You know, I I, I paid, I had it paid. I we were supposed to meet him, and then COVID ruined that. I have know. a feeling yeah. that you're gonna have another opportunity. I'm just saying. That's uh, that's all I can say. But I believe uh, you're gonna have another opportunity. Dude, um, great. Pick that's all you can say on here. But yeah. when you get off yeah, here, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> great pick, though. Evil no, Dead. No, fantastic pick. For I mean, me, it's yes. it's one of those movies that it, I we've talked about it on the pod. Like Silver Bullet, Justin and I disagree with the time frame to watch it. For Justin, it's very much a Fourth of July movie, and for most people, yes, I get that it is. For me, it evokes a lot of fall Halloween feelings for myself so i typically watch it then evil dead for me is another movie that i watch when it gets a little colder for some reason i think it's just because of all the demonic stuff going on i just i feel like you have to sit there like with a fire going or like the heat on watching that movie so for me that's why i didn't include it on the list but i i i love the movie i've already said i think it's the superior evil dead film so we'll leave it at that yeah fantastic pick and Considering the fact that we just kind of approach this all from a different perspective, it actually made this a way more interesting top five, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, people are going to hear a different flavor from each one of us, just roundabout, if you will. My number one. <gasps> yep. Yeah, 
Jeremy knows this movie. I already mentioned it earlier on. And this name is forbidden to mention out loud, but I'm going to mention it. Harvey Weinstein. I mean, this was his first production of a film. It's so good. 1981's The Burning. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's one of my favorite slashers of all time. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And I'll never forget. And I have Jeremy to thank for this because I wasn't even aware of the Mahoning Drive-In Theater until he told me about this. And I remember my first ever time going there. It was for one of the first Camp Blood screenings they had done. And they were shooting the At the Drive-In documentary at the time. And I drove there with Loy Sauce. I convinced him to go with me for just that movie and one other movie on 35. And it was the most magical experience of my entire mm-hmm. life in terms of cinema. And I got to see The Burning, which I'd already watched numerous times. I'd owned it for years. It's just a great American slasher. It's got Tom Savini effects. It's depicting something that I grew up hearing about all the time being in upstate New York, which is the Cropsy Killer. Anytime you went anywhere in the woods with any of your friends, you'd hear Cropsy's going to get you and shit. Never understood that until I watched this movie and I was like, oh, this is what they're talking about. This burn dude or whatever. Um, but I, I, I feel like it's it perfectly represents a summer movie. Yes, it has Jason Alexander with hair. Yes, it has dudes being shot in the butt with fucking <laughs> a BB gun. You got girls in bikinis you have people at the summer camp it's just something i feel like that i needed as part of my childhood but i never got to have what's what stands out about this film compared to a lot of other slashers that were happening at the time is that the characters are all very unique and very different true. from each other and likable and relatable and you know watching the movie you can you can think back to a time when you were a kid and you know, having some of these same conversations and things like typically in these movies that we were getting at the time, it was all it's the problem that I have with Jaws, too, is that the the kids were all kind of like cardboard cutouts of teenagers. And it's like, well, I don't even know that one's name. Like, there's nothing that's I mean, but, differentiating but, 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 them. To, to be fair, we had a couple of years in between them. So I feel like there was some time for them to, you know, for any filmmaker, any writer to kind of like take what had come before. I mean, we all know Carpenter's movie was the masterpiece it was. Mm-hmm. He was just gifted, right? I, I feel like not a lot of people that were making these movies were or are, but they were able to churn out solid movies. Yeah, so the, uh, the, what makes The Burning special is that you, you do like the characters and you are rooting for them to survive because you don't want them to die, and that's what makes it scary and edge of the seat, uh, edge of your seat it's because you are rooting for these characters. They're not just cardboard cutouts. You're not like, I don't fucking care. Kill that motherfucker. What's that one's name? I don't yeah. care. So, dude, that's why The Burning is also one of my favorite slashers as well. It's just so well done, dude. Yeah. No, great pick, man. I mean, the first time I saw it was at Mahoning with you two years ago at Camp Blood. It was on the first night with our favorite Friday the 13th movie, part four. Um, and it's just a blast. I, for, I, for, I forgot I saw it a second time and on 35. Holy you know, man. there are a ton of actors in this that it was like their first movie. You know, you said Jason Alexander. Um, there's another guy. I can't fucking remember his name. As soon as somebody would say it, I'd remember. But he played in Succession recently, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. Um, 
Kevin Bacon's wife. What, what's her name again? Kira Sedgwick. Isn't she in it? Uh, I don't think she's in the burn. Fisher Stevens is in it. I think that's Fisher one of the Stevens yeah. The Fisher's I'm talking about. his yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. fingers get all fucked up. Yep, that raft kill is yeah, phenomenal. dude. He he he. During the premiere of Batman Returns, he was dating Michelle Pfeiffer. He went to the premiere with no her for way. that movie. Damn. Yeah, dead serious. Damn, he lucked out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. He he went to heaven, bro, and came back. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, man, great pick. I mean, the burning is I I think should be considered a classic, if it's not already. I mean, I feel like eventually it probably you know when we're like eighty years old, me and Jeremy will be in our old rocking chairs, oh, so with our fucking canes, like yeah. her that movie, The Burning. That sure was a classic. I mean, it's generational too. I mean, I feel like the people that are. Um, exposed to these movies at an early age it resonates with them this is not one of those movies that a lot of people talk about to younger people so that's why every time i've been able to see it on the big screen i've been trying to screen it at alamo i'll be honest with you guys on the show and our listeners my plan this year for july was to show the burning unfortunately it's extremely expensive to book this movie so the booking amount versus the potential audience member ratio is too big. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our summer vacation slash destination slash whatever you want to fucking call it episode about our favorite horror movies set in that time frame or whatever time frame we came up with on this episode. Thank you so it's much all for, for fun. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, this is always all about fun for you film, guys, too. I mean, Justin says it all the time. Film is subjective. So whatever movie makes you feel like summer, let us know. Send us a message. Send us a comment. Comment. Whatever you comment. think is your favorite summer horror movie. Handwrite a letter. Seriously, handwrite a letter. Yeah. Well, Put a postage, stamp on it. postage costs some money. So maybe just email it to us. No, no, no. Pay well, the money. Well, if you want to send us anything, <laughs> Jeremy... Where can they find us? How's it going over there? Went to the uh, the Wendy's yeah. and got uh, very disappointed. I got some uh, soggy did French fries. Stra- did, you, did you get the strawberry frosty? No, nah, but I I feel like they was marinating the French fries in there because they was uh, really uh, soggy and they they've been advertising mm. fresh crispy French fries. Uh, I want them now. That's not what I got though. Um, so I had me a Seven Eleven hot dog instead, and it was uh, fulfilling. You had that big bite, yeah. It was fulfilling. Uh, I have to say, nacho cheese on it. Mm. So uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for bringing that up though. I got a thunder. <sighs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can find us on social media everywhere. At Epic Film Guys on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. And of course, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Epic Film Guys. If you're interested in that unreleased content that's not on the main feed, you can head on over there. And even if you're a $1 a month right now, it's going to be probably until the end of the year, I'm going to be offering people that stage level, if you will, where you're $1 a month and you'll get early access to episodes and all that stuff. And we'll have new merchandise coming on the way, I promise you. I absolutely promise you. But if you are listening right now and you were in the area of Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, this weekend, the 16th, Saturday, come out 
for Ghoulies and the Gate. Ghoulies! Ghoulies and the Gate. Ghoulies! Ghoulies and the Gate! Movie Dumpster, our good friends Sean and Joe are doing their first ever live show. Uh, we've had Joe on the show a few times, and I've been over on the Movie Dumpster before, so these guys are great. They're one of the best podcasts out there in Ever. terms of cult horror and crazy shit that you never knew existed. Seriously, go support those guys. Come on out. We're going to be, be a part of the giveaway. We're going to have some of our swag there, some of some magnets and stickers and pins and shit that I didn't even know we had left, so head there. It's going to be a giveaway. It's going to be a blast. But until next time, I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. I'm B Ratty. Yeah. And as always, we like to ask you to keep it. Ooh. Ooh. Stupid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs>